This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the AEC Engineering and Technology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping engineering professionals find technology that fits their needs. This podcast is the seventh episode in our 10-episode series called Unveiling Tech Horizons. Throughout the series, we will revolutionize AEC consulting by delving into cutting-edge technology such as AI, BIM, digital twins, PM resourcing tools, and more. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Manya Horner, Senior Learning Consultant and Relationship Manager at Practica Learning, about her career journey in advocacy for LMS and construction, exploring LMS implementation, addressing LMS versus HRIS differences, and uncovering the benefits of digital learning for employee retention. With that, let's jump into today's episode. Banya, welcome to the show. So good to have you here. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me on. We've got a lot to talk about today. So why don't we just jump right in with our, our first question of the show. So Manya, could you provide our listeners with a quick overview of your career journey in the construction industry and how it's led to your current role as an advocate for LMS in the field and explain a little bit about, you know, like what LMS is? There are a couple of converging streams that brought the learning part and the construction part together. So I grew up in family business, general contracting. In my teens, I was on the job. So I was part of restoration. I was in the shop on tools. I was on the site, you know, working in, it was all historic restoration. That was my dad's business specialty. So I had a lot of exposure to different parts of that process. The thinking, you know, paint stripping, handling the wood, dealing with plaster, even copper bending and lathe. So I did a lot of cool pieces working for my dad's business. And I also got to see what it was like running a construction company with a crew of 25, 30 people. I saw the challenges from the owner's side, and that's actually still informing my work today. So, you know, I've been kind of involved with construction, mainly through Architectural Conservancy. The ACO is a really great organization here in Ontario, where I am, all focused on preserving historic buildings and properties. So I've been part of them through fundraising and at the uh, province level, dealing with the government, that sort of stuff. And then my career has also had this entire professional branch related to learning and the way adults learn. So I've spent my whole professional career and working life in corporate training, learning design, handling big LMS conversions for big banks and other companies, and still speak on stage about how people learn best and skill development and coaching and supervisory. So I'm really enmeshed in the adult learning world and how to best support employees with engagement and retention and reducing turnover and all of those components. My professional life and the construction passion and interest have converged in my business boost learning design. And we are only focusing on the construction sector and helping both employees with the HR and the 
learning and development or L&D systems in their company, but also the employee experience and helping them stay engaged and skilled and accessing all of their information through the company's portals. And technology plays a key role in the success of the employee and in helping the owner get a lot of this stuff off of their plate and out of their head and getting it into a digital system so people know where to go, where to find it, and it's streamlined. So that's really where the two worlds have combined. And uh, it's a really exciting path forward. I'm jazzed about it. Manya, for those in the audience who don't know, what does the acronym LMS stand for? So LMS stands for Learning Management System. There's a few other things in this world of ed tech or education technology. LMS is one. That's the learning management system. There's also content management systems or knowledge management systems. There's a few different terms that you can look out for if you're researching this. But the LMS serves a pretty important function. It's the place that holds all of your training components, all of the assessment, the attestation, the certification. And a lot of the LMS systems, they have a lot of reporting functionality, tracking, and authoring. So authoring means it can be the place where your little micro learnings or your mini courses can actually be designed and created right in there with authoring tools that are built into some LMS systems. So they're great for smaller companies who just want to be able to create little courses and test knowledge or track learning that can all be built a lot of times right into the LMS. Now, an LMS doesn't work by itself. It also ties in very, very closely with the HRIS or the Human Resource Information System. One that I really like is Bamboo HR for construction companies. It's good for some smaller sizes. And we'll talk about why I don't necessarily mention one brand because there's a million ed tech. There's a lot of HRIS systems and I'm slightly system agnostic. Uh, we do have a list of preferred that we like for the size of our clients. But let me back up to how LMS and HRIS work together. The HRIS system has all of your workforce in there. It's usually responsible for onboarding and all of the tracking of certifications, qualifications, health and safety, occupational. So all of the stuff that's needed for one of your employees or skilled labor or somebody with qualifications to come into your company, they come through the HRIS and everything's documented in there. The LMS, if it's good, will tie into that employee journey. So we're talking now about creating a seamless employee journey from onboarding all the way through their career. And these two technologies actually work quite hand-in-hand for that improved experience for the employee. It sounds like you have kind of clients of varying sizes, right? Yeah, that's true. We do. We typically work with a company that has a minimum of 35 employees and they're growing. The odd time we get a little smaller, but they really have to see the vision of investing in this kind of infrastructure as a critical part of their growth plan. Now, it's we like when we start with a company that's at this size because they're not in critical mode. You know, it takes time to get this set up. It takes time to get to move the culture and to identify the competencies and get all the learning lined up. So if you're already desperate and like, whoa, this should have been done two years ago, it feels like a scramble and we wish we could get this done as fast as possible. So I actually really like when we start working with clients that are 
in the 30 to 50 size employee range and they are growing, they have these growth goals. It's nice because we're a little bit at the ground up before things are in a real chaotic place. That's maybe 30 to 50 employees is like the sweet spot for implementation of a system. Or would you recommend it at, say, like a, a smaller firm size or even like a different stage of business growth? Like, what would you recommend? I think it is a sweet spot. I think smaller than that. And you almost have too many different roles. So then you've got all these like learning paths and you need somebody dedicated to setting this up and managing and building new content in your library. So a company smaller than that can just feel like they don't have the resources yet to be able to invest in this type of infrastructure. And you can get by. We have a, a client right now with over 100 employees and they're about to expand into more regions through acquisition. And they're just getting this sorted out now. And we're going to see them go from 150 to 300 staff real soon. And I'm a little nervous, like, whoa, you know, it would have been cool if we could have done this last year for them because they'd be in a position to onboard all these new people and get them all through this really nice, clean process. But it's not always possible. You can't be too small, but this is the sweet spot of where we're about to grow. We're going to be hiring a lot of people. We need them going through a consistent experience so we don't lose half of our new hires because that's what you'll get. You'll get high employee turnover when the onboarding experience is poor. I can appreciate that mostly because like there's so much of construction that's so unique to like each individual job, right? Even in, in the engineering field, right? You're learning a lot on the job and it's not necessarily as cut and dry, right? It's just going to either engineering school or trade school, right? There's a lot that's to be learned through experience. And it sounds like an LMS can help with a lot of that. Yeah, there's so many benefits of an LMS and you hit the nail on the head. There's a ton of I'll say generational knowledge that's caught up in a company. You've got a bunch of people who've been there a long time and are really masterful. And you have a lot of information and expertise that's just locked in them. And that's been a question that's been rolling through my mind for really 15 years or so. And this was because of the heritage restoration space. You don't go to school to be a heritage restoration craftsperson. Like there just isn't really that opportunity. And if they are there, you know, you get the basics, but the deep expertise of what do I do with this 150 year old window or with this thing, that's usually stuck in a practitioner's head. So how do we download that information and disseminate it to younger people who are interested in this craft or this trade? So an LMS can help. It's the container and you need somebody who can then support and extract all of that know-how and knowledge. And this is how we do it here from the heads of those more senior and experienced people so that it can be disseminated more easily and quickly to younger folks. That's, you know, really something that I've been noodling on and we do it in other industries, but it just hasn't really hit the construction industry in a widespread way. And I say construction generally, but this entire kind of encompassing industry. And it's a shame. I would agree. And then, you know, you're going to try to have this knowledge transfer from essentially more senior, either tradespeople, engineers, whatever the case may be, right? There's this knowledge transfer from essentially senior to junior. What are the advantages of digitizing that knowledge versus, let's just say, writing it on paper and, and filing it away, right? Like, why is digitization pretty much the best option? And like, what are some of the advantages of doing so? Well, access is number one. If you have something in paper, it can be hard for everybody to get access to. 
Second is searching. So it's, you know, a piece of paper and a filing folder isn't searchable. And we're in an age and working with generations where we have access to information at our fingertips whenever we want it. So if you're not showing folks how to do it with your own micro learning or your own videos or your own written down processes or databases, they're going to go to YouTube or they're going to go somewhere else where it is searchable. Some of our priorities are to make sure when we're filming people on the job or we're video documenting ways of doing things, that's searchable. And you can do that with technology now. You can get this into your own LMS, which has search functions and tagging so that if I'm a more junior staff, I don't have to ask somebody. I can actually go to my LMS on my phone and I can find that video and I can know how to do the thing. So it also makes information available to a person when they need it, which is crucial for adults in the way we learn. You can't front load all the learning for an adult and expect them to remember it all and just be like, oh, yeah, I remember that carving process. They told me about it two years ago. No, like you might need to actually just go and refresh yourself. And that's usually done by a video. So access is crucial. Searchability is important. And then the timely access is also third really important component of digitizing how you do things and, you know, video logging, audio capture. Like it doesn't have to be super fancy. You just have to capture it. The next question that comes to mind, right, is like, is the younger generation, some people my age, some maybe a little bit younger coming into the workforce, right? Retention is a huge issue. You see perhaps shorter stints than we're used to seeing with the generations that have come before us, right? So how does an LMS contribute to employee retention within construction or even AEC businesses in general? This is a crucial question. I'm in Canada, Ontario specifically, and our government right now has a massive emphasis on hiring and retention and, and really drawing young people into the trade. They're putting out a bunch of initiatives at the government level to support, you know, kids in high school and kids getting into trade schools. So this is a big focus, and it is in the U.S. as well. You know, there's many states with a huge emphasis on this. So we know that hiring and then retention are critical. You know, every guy, every girl I talk to that is owning or HR or VP or something of a construction company, hiring and retention is important. What are young people looking for? Well, there's a few things. They want to know that they can be ready to work and feel comfortable on the job pretty quickly. They don't want to be floundering around and feeling like they're a bother. <laughs> they don't have the patience for that. They'll go. So that's one thing. And streamlined onboarding and plugging them directly into an automated or digitized learning path when they get hired. They love that. It's very clear. And they're so used to technology. They're technology natives. They expect automated processes. They expect to be kind of led through communication funnels. And we can do all that with an LMS. So that's one. Another is if you can use this, by this I mean your onboarding and your LMS and your training and your career progression, you can use that as part of your hiring draw. So picture this, you're 19 or 20 and you're applying for a job. You meet with one company and they show you this great, here's our system, this is how you get onboarded and Here's the training opportunities and here's what career pathways look like for you here. Wow, that's cool. I can actually see 
a career for myself here. I can see a vision into the future for myself. And and young people, they want to make sure that they can grow in their job. They don't want to stay at an hourly labor rate forever. You know, they've got goals, even more so probably than a couple generations before where we were happy to work. No, they want to make money. They want decent money. So you can actually show them that. Or if they go to a company where, okay, yep, you'll start on Monday and you're going to be with Shane, meet him at the pickup truck. Okay, cool. So you show up a bit awkwardly. You don't know if you've got all the things you need. Like, which one are you going to stick with? Which one feels cooler? Definitely the one that feels organized, where you can see a future, you can see a vision. That's a no-brainer. So having that LMS in place is helpful for the recruiting. It's helpful for that streamlined onboarding. And if you can have some thought and some strategy behind the learning and career path and succession planning, You can get people learning skills along the way so that when you want to promote them to a supervisor or foreman, they're already kind of thinking that. They're already getting prepped and skilled for that. So it's helpful to get people moving through your company in different roles, which they love and is great for you too. Which is such a great point, right? Because it's a win-win for both the employee and the business owner. And speaking of which, let's shift focus back to the business owner, right? Whether it be like somebody like your father or anybody else who owns a, a business in, in the industry, right? Like what challenges or obstacles might like the business or the business owner encounter when they're trying to implement an LMS? Challenges with implementing an LMS. So it's not a complicated, but it can be a complex system to set up because there's a lot of jargon and a lot of stuff built into an LMS that you may not even know what it does or why it's important. So choosing an LMS, just like going out and being like, oh, I'm going to pick this one. It's risky. You definitely want to have somebody who knows the ed tech world a little bit because it changes really fast. We actually have a dedicated ed tech consultant on our team who is staying current with the educational technology available in the market, what the features are, what they do, and kind of where they're priced so that we can recommend the right software for the right client. So I would say just picking your LMS is the first big challenge. You don't want something so big with so many features that it's going to overwhelm you and you're overpaying for this big thing that you don't need. But we look at this massive list of criteria when we're assessing an LMS. We've got everything from, you know, number of people in it to authoring tools to reporting functionality to integration to other softwares. So there's a lot to consider. The other roadblock that may come up is well, what do I put in this? So there's a lot of strategy behind matching training and skill development with the roles. So, you know, there's a couple of scaffolding things we need to have in place. You need to have your job profiles really clear. You need to have competencies and skills defined. You need to figure out what is the job and the expectation of that particular person aligned? And then what's the training required at their stage of learning? Are they very beginner? Are they are we advancing them in their skill? So there's strategy that goes behind what actually gets put in your LMS. So that's another component. And then there's just the, you know, some administration and management of this. So who is going to be making sure that students have uploaded certifications if we're, you know, if they went out and did a, a WMIS or did a fall or working from heights, like <laughs> have they uploaded that content in there, their certification to say they did it? Are we getting looking at reports of who's done and who hasn't done? So there's some administration that's required there. So it really does help to have somebody who knows 
the whole learning ecosystem and can help guide you through that. Because there are going to be some hurdles and some stuff that can get frustrating real fast uh, if you're not familiar with this particular bunch of software, which is called EdTech. And someone like you, right, who's essentially right, this independent consultant, not tied to any one solution is going to have a lot of this knowledge and be able to help your clients or your potential clients navigate this space. But like, are there any particular features or functionalities that you're looking for in an LMS specifically for your clients, either in construction or engineering or architecture? Yes, absolutely. So one of the things I think my team does really well is they do a, an overall technology audit when we do our initial discovery and, and kind of provide our initial recommendations. Because what we find is that most companies have cobbled together a bunch of little things and they're kind of band-aided together. So what we're looking at is a cost-benefit analysis, right? If we get rid of this, 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 this tool, those are all features that are going to be captured by the HRIS and the LMS. So if we can streamline five or six different things into two softwares, that's great because that simplifies things, it reduces complexity, and it and often saves money. I just had a client the other day, uh, one of my lead consultants said, he was like, oh, this is really cool. We're actually saving money. <laughs> you know, So that can happen when we're reducing a complex tech stack and streamlining. So that's the first piece of your question. And then you had asked, what are some of the features we're looking for? Some of the key features we're looking for is compatibility with other HR and knowledge management systems. So we're looking at compatibility and, and the ability to plug in and tie in. We're also looking at authoring tools. So does it have the ability to design and build little courses right in there? That's very helpful. We're looking at some form of assessment because most of the time we want to be able to check or validate that, yes, somebody knows the thing that we just taught them. So there has to be a component of that. But we're looking for reporting capability, attestation, because sometimes you need to have that for government. You know, you need to know who has done what training if you ever get audited by labor. I'm missing a bunch of stuff, but these are some of the big components of the technology that we're looking for. I love when there's some sort of skill planning in there so you can kind of plan skill matrix and tag so that you can look who has the skills and who do we want to upskill in certain things. That's amazing. And this shows the value of what somebody like you could provide, right? Because instead of a potential client of yours just wandering into this space and not knowing what they're doing, they can work alongside you to basically figure out their needs and essentially get the best product for them. You bet. Yeah, this isn't something I would suggest wandering into. You need to have quite a bit of experience to even just know what to look for. Otherwise, you're going to get something that just won't fit the bill. And this is a real foundational piece of your business. An LMS migration down the road is awful. It is not fun. So you do want to make sure that you're starting with a system that's going to grow with you. Believe me, I spent an entire year working with a huge bank on an LMS migration that must have cost untold millions. I don't even know. It was wild how much effort it was to move every single learning asset over from one LMS to another. And although, you know, we're talking a smaller scale here, it's not something you want to do a year from now when you decide this thing just isn't cutting it. 
And speaking of, you know, an, like an LMS or any piece of technology that will grow with you, right? Let's talk about, you know, trends or innovations in the space, like looking ahead and based on what you've seen and what you think is coming, like what is the future of LMS and construction looking like in your opinion? I think AI is going to have a huge place in the way that we design and create content already. You know, there's a lot of people starting to use generative AI to create course outlines, to create processes, standard operating procedures. You know, it, you get it to do the bulk of that kind of work and then you refine and edit. So it's even changing the way that instructional designers, those are the, the rules. So the people that actually make trainer instructional designers, learning experience designers, learning consultants, it's even changing the way that they're working. It's helping create videos, it's amazing what's becoming available in AI. So AI is going to really become, I think, a part and tied into the authoring capabilities of LMS. So that if you're trying to create a quick course on how to run a, a toolbox talk or how to run a one-on-one -on -one with your team member, you'll be able to get it to help you create some of that content pretty quickly. So I think we're going to become even more agile in the design piece using AI. The other thing that we're really getting into uh, right now quite heavily with an awesome development shop that we're partnering with is virtual reality training. We're seeing VR really rising. Unions are starting to really, you know, invest in this. It's being used as a recruiting tool, and that's in working from heights. It's for elevator technicians. It's for scaffolding builders. So there's a lot happening in the VR space. And these are all things that have to be created, but they have to have a place. So they get put into an LMS and that's how your employees access everything. It's a single point of entry for them, single point of access. Another thing we're doing and seeing is augmented reality. And that's great for field people. So, you know, picture either a goggle or an iPad that you hold up over, let's just say an electrical panel or a gas panel, and you're trying to figure out where's the leak. You're using it as a training aid. So augmented reality and virtual reality are both stuff we're seeing on the design side and the actual delivery of learning. But then with LMS technology, I'm seeing AI is going to really become a key plugin just to help with analyzing competencies and skills and breaking that down, being part of the authoring structure of the tool. So lots of exciting stuff. I think we're just at the beginning of, of how this is going to be used for disrupting this industry's training. And I hear that a lot with the advent of AI, particularly generative and all sorts of different technologies that are being applied across AEC, right? So sounds like it's no different in, in the LMS space, but Madia, it's been great learning more about you, your business, and kind of this whole ecosystem. But is there any advice or best practices that you'd give construction business owners who are thinking about adopting essentially an LMS, right, to upskill their workforce? reach out, get support, because there are some building blocks that you want to make sure you have in place, some HR building blocks. And you need to be intentional about the whole learning ecosystem. You know, the LMS is just the technology piece. You've got the strategy behind the training. You've got the, your people and the way they access. You've got the content you put in there and then the learning culture. So there's a whole piece around better employee experience and the learning ecosystem and the technology is just one part of that. So I would say reach out, do some of that foundational work 
and thinking around the learning ecosystem before you go and buy any technology. If you want support, happy to connect, Nick, if there's anybody that wants to talk about this further. In case, Manya, the listeners want to connect with you directly, what's the best way to reach you? Probably go straight to our website. It's going to be here in the comments, likely, boostld.com. You can find contact information there. Email me. Happy to, you know, hear directly. I don't expect to be getting spammed. (laughs) You know, we're kind of a tight-knit community here. And really, what usually happens is, you know, you're hearing this and you go, oh, man, we are babysitting our team. We're so disorganized. Nothing's documented. We need this. That's usually when folks raise their hand and get in touch. And we're really here to, to support the size of a business. The first part of it is discovery and figuring out that there's a better way, right? Exactly. It's awareness. Manya, thank you so much again. And for those of you who are listening and don't have a pen nearby, uh, Manya's email and contact information will be in the show notes, which you can always find on the website. So again, Manya, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at aectechpodcast.com. There, you will find a summary of key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering and technology endeavors. Thank you.